We're going to talk about ghost guns. What is a ghost gun? Well, it's a firearm that doesn't have serial numbers. It may have been assembled from parts or, scary as it sounds, may have been assembled from parts of a 3D printer doing the doing the work, essentially. Well, reports have indicated that there are more of them showing up at crime scenes, but here's the thing. We are not keeping track of them. The RCMP says it is not maintaining records on the use of ghost guns in crime. So if that's the case, how can we even figure out how big of a problem this is? Well, joining us now is Rod Giltaka, who's a president of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. Rod, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Simi. Do you think this is a problem? Like, are we, are we seeing more ghost guns out there? Well, police tell us that they are seeing more ghost guns. And the problem, well, the, the main problem is, is that they're not keeping track of how many crime scenes have ghost guns found there. So it's, you know, good information makes good policy. So police are saying, well, this is a growing problem, but they can't say, you know, how much, uh, how many of these firearms are ghost guns, which are clearly illegal then we don't know where to focus those law enforcement and legislative resources. Right. And that's a problem then for people who also legally have firearms. It's a huge problem, right? So if, if there's a, a very high percentage of handguns that are found at crime scenes that are ghost guns, clearly those aren't, those don't, aren't coming from licensed gun owners. And as you well know, right now, about 95% of the legislative resources are aimed at people that are members of shooting clubs and, and have registered um, firearms and that are licensed gun owners. And that's that's bad for everybody. It's bad for gun owners and bad for public safety. And Rod, where do you think this reluctance seems to be coming from? Like, police can track this. They don't need to be told to track this, do they? Well, it, it, that, that's, it's, yeah, it's strange. Um, police, uh, or I guess NWEST, uh, doesn't keep track of um, what crimes were committed by licensed gun owners, which is information that's readily available. StatCan doesn't track that either they don't track ghost guns there's a lot of things a lot of information that would be really useful in forming policy if we had and it is it's it's dismaying certainly for licensed gun owners because we're the ones that are always facing the brunt of uh of the i guess you could say the uh, the reaction or the punishment for the actions of criminals and if they uh if we had better information it would be a far more educated conversation right what about in other jurisdictions for instance have you heard like is this a problem in the united states well, I think it's a problem everywhere because criminals are, you know, they take the, the path of least resistance. So if, it's, if it becomes more difficult to smuggle firearms in, then they can use 3D printers um, and, uh, and firearm parts uh, to, to create guns that can't be tracked and that they can sell on the street for, you know, sometimes $5,000. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a huge problem. And, and in around the conversation, I think the biggest thing that, that people forget is, no matter what happens, you can't stop people from even making guns out of real, real steel, right? There's CNC milling machines are out there. They're not regulated. They could actually make real guns out of real materials that are, that are durable. So at the end of the day, our problem is violence. So if you don't, if you don't want the violence and you have to go after the social determinants of violence, you have to, it's a demand side problem is, is the position that we've held. Okay. So, but how do you then make adequate, like, do you punish or have stiffer criminal penalties then for ghost gun manufacturers, for distributors? Like, how do you crack down on it in a way that does offer that deterrent? Well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to invest in, in investigative resources. So you have to find a way to find the people that are manufacturing these guns. And police have, have found uh, manufacturing operations uh, as well. But 
you know, unfortunately, if someone is in jail, they can't manufacture guns. So you're, we're, we're going to, as a society, we're going to have to say, well, here's the rules, and these rules are going to be enforced. And right now, if you look at the courts, when it comes to smuggling uh, and trafficking and these types of offenses, the courts aren't handing out stiff sentences. They're really lax uh, on that. And those people, as, as you also know, we have a, a real problem with, uh, with prolific offenders. So we're just going to have to decide, do we want the violence? Uh, or do we want to put the people that are enabling this violence and, and committing it in jail? So, Ron, do you think then that there's a better way to do this? Like we can tackle some of these issues, just as how we tackle them. Well, for me, the uh, dealing with the social determinants of violence, excuse me, is really important. Um, and it's important as an organization that represents licensed gun owners, because if public safety increases, that leaves all the people that aren't doing the harm that own firearms alone. It's a win-win for us. So the, and, and attacking those social determinants is really hard work, and it takes more than four years. And that's why you don't see next to no work doing it, you know, being done on that front, because it's very difficult, and it's not glamorous. It's not like you can have a, a press conference and then talk about banning guns. That's, that's very politically convenient but it doesn't help um, the everyday Canadian. So we'd like to see a lot more uh, resources pointing at, at ending the violence and all of these problems will start to improve. You'll never stop everything, but an improvement is a great place to start. Right, but then why don't police advocate for that? I mean, obviously they, they could do their job better if they had more information too, couldn't they? Well, this is the frustrating part, right? I mean, I think anyone that's, that, that, is, uh, that is, is focused on this issue knows the types of information that we need. And, you know, it seems like we have two, three, four billion dollars for a gun buyback only from licensed gun owners. But we don't have an additional 15, 20, 30 million dollars to start aggregating this data, whatever that costs. I'm not an expert on what that data would uh, cost to aggregate. But this is this is the frustration. And uh, as you know, it leads to a really, really negative political conversation when it comes to gun control and violence and and the role of licensed gun owners, it's a, it's a bit of a mess. It's, I think it's going to take leadership. Right, because it seems to me that for the general public, then the discussion becomes about legal <clears throat> guns versus illegal guns, like who's registering them and who's not registering. But there's so much nuance there. Well, there is. And, and to bring it back around to ghost guns, ghost guns are a very significant threat because, you know, while ghost guns aren't as durable as, uh, you know, properly manufactured guns, they can be durable enough for several hundred rounds to be fired through there. Some of the barrels, most of the barrels, if they're illegally manufactured, don't have rifling, which causes marks on the bullet. So you can't trace a bullet that came from a specific gun. I mean, it is an issue. But I think, um, I think, I mean, just my opinion, I'm not doing this work, so it's hard for me to say. But I just, I don't feel like it's being approached in the right way. So it's going to require leadership at the RCMP and leadership from the federal government to make sure that we're, we're keeping track of these things and we're focused on the right direction. Well, Rod, thanks for talking to us about it this morning. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. That's Rod Giltaka, who's a president of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. We're talking about the issue of ghost guns, whether they are, you know, created with a 3D printer or assembled from parts. They're guns that are untraceable. They don't have a serial number on them, not registered, anything like that. And that we are, we hear anecdotal reports that more of them are showing up at crime scenes, but the RCMP admitted recently that they don't track that. They don't say, oh, this, we had X number of crimes that were committed by an untraceable ghost gun. So how can we tackle this 
if we're not even keeping track of how many ghost guns are out there and used in in crimes that are committed. doesn't make any sense, right? If you want to weigh in, simi at cknw.com.